When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hey everyone, my name is Danilo Petrovic. I'm Ilya Marchenko. I'm Janis Kuda. I'm Evgeny Domsko. I'm Henry Laksana. I'm Peter Turepko, and you're listening to the Game to Love podcast. Hey, welcome back, tennis fans. It's been a dramatic 24 hours down under in the Australian Open, and we did get to see that man, the 20-time Grand Slam champion, Rafael Nadal, rolling back the years, it would seem, and fighting in the face of adversity to knock out Denis Shapovalov in five sets. Uh, We thought that he was potentially going to lose after losing set three and four, but somehow he found the will from within and ended up winning uh, in five. How are you doing, JG? You all right? Yeah, very good. I've recovered a little bit. I've just woken up after another little hour (laughs) siesta. I'm just having little bits and spells here and there. Um, But I feel fresh. I'm ready to go again for more Australian Open uh, drama. Uh, John did a great job as well. Go check out the Silk Report if you haven't seen it earlier. And he did a really good in-depth analysis of the match against Shapovalov and then about 40 minutes or 30 minutes on all the other matches. Um, I thought that was pretty good. My take on it, I'm a bit surprised it went to five. I'm surprised the level level Chapeau was able to produce in spells. I thought he was really good. Um, and I'm also surprised Rafael Nadal was able to still win it in five when clearly, physically, he wasn't well, he wasn't there. No. Like we saw it sort of in the third set, I felt. Um, he just didn't look the same player at all. Uh, physically couldn't compete. We wasn't sure whether it was his foot wasn't sure if he had a stomachache. It turns out it just seemed to be a bit of heat stroke, like you suggested on the stream. He yeah. couldn't handle the heat of the conditions. And, was well, we know he sweats more than any other player. And physically, he just felt very unwell. And um, I forget, what was his turn of phrase he said after the after the match? After the he match. He said, I feel... Um, 
not demolished, yeah. devastated. Oh, de oh, I think no, it was uh, destroyed, wasn't it? Destroyed. He yeah. said, "I feel destroyed." Pretty much the same thing as yeah. demolished or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, yeah. he was he was struggling. He was struggling, and he felt Very himself that he is relieved he was able to do it, and he was so happy to get into the semi final. I, for one, am relieved and so happy he's made it because there was many times I wasn't sure he was going to, and I think in that yeah. fifth set. There wasn't. There was a sort of a hint of luck there about it. He just had a little opportunity to get the break. Chapeau had sort of one off moment, and then Chapeau just didn't use his intelligence for me. He he just kept going to the well, kept going for these big shots, the yeah. low percentage shots, and they were missing more than ever in the fifth set. And I just feel like when's he going to learn to use a little bit more intelligence and a bit more nous to understand the situation he's in? Rafa's struggling. I don't think he necessarily needed to do what he did and make all their unforced errors. No. Maybe if he sort of... What, what, what about if he... Because physically, he, he looked pretty good and quite well. The he younger did. guy as well. Why don't he try and eat and get the rallies? Try and keep it longer. Keep Rafa out there longer and make him have to make the shots. Or drop shots, maybe. Or do something a bit different to make Rafa run a bit more because Rafa wasn't able... He wasn't really moving that much, Rafa, and... In that well, it, was quick, it was quick so, points. It was all yeah. quick points. I just I don't even think drop shots. I think just make just play it a bit safer. Yeah. Lower percentage shots. Make Rafa make decisions. But listen, I don't care. I'm happy. I'm happy <laughs> he went full chapeau mode because it means my man Rafa Nadal is into the semis. Um, yeah. but shout out guys in the live mm. chat. Great to see so many there. Good to see so many Rafa fans as well. I can see Oli Patone. Um, I think who else is there? Is Kaz a Rafa fan? Um, I did see Sam as Sam well earlier as well. Yeah, yeah, it's great to see you guys, and I'm I'm really proud for you, and just feel happy and overjoyed because I know how much it means to all of you guys, and this is a a great day for all us Raf fans out there. Yes, uh, it's nice to see Rafa back in a semi final on a hardcore uh, a Grand Slam. There was, but this heat stroke thing though, uh, I was sort of alluding to it at the time during the match. It was the only sort of thing that I could put my finger on i mean what other reason could there be i mean it was so hot i know that, that we had john he was saying that klaichikova she was really struggling in her match as well and that was probably uh, alluded to why she lost her match in the end and somehow rafa dug in i mean i know what heat strokes like i think i've only had it once in my life before but it is horrible and it makes you feel like physically like nauseous and sick like and to the point where you you can't even really move sometimes, and that's how I felt when I like was suffering with it. So for him to be running around on a tennis court in thirty five degrees and still trying to play through it, I have no idea how he was still going, even with an ice towel for a minute or a bit of uh, air blowing in his face. It's it's debilitating, and so that just goes to show you mental strength, like mind over matter. Fight it's just. Up. Yeah, just it's amazing. It's like I get goosebumps talking about it. Rafa and his fighting attributes, um, they motivate me in a lot of aspects of my life, if I'm honest. Watching him do that, you can relate that to not just tennis, but every sort of thing you apply yourself. He works to the very end. He takes every point seriously. Uh, I try and model a lot of my sports on Rafa. Whatever <laughs> it is, I try and do my best, and that's why I'm pretty competitive. Um not always the best loser, I must admit, but that's how I can improve. <laughs> uh, we've got Gene with a super chat off stream. Cheers, mate. Ah, uh, cheers, he's Gene. saying, and it sort of brings on to the big talking point. Of course, a lot of you are here to to find out our thoughts on does Rafael Nadal receive special treatment? We're going to talk about that now. 
And this is what Gene has to say. If you want to have your say, send in the super chat and we can read it out. Uh, we have, I don't think Rafa got special treatment. He got treated within the rules because it was a heat stroke. I get Shepard's frustration about it. I don't think he knew the severity of the condition at all. But also, I can understand Shepard's frustration because you are supposed to play within the speed of the server. In my opinion, you can make an argument for both sides. Don't think anybody is right here. I think that's a really good, well-balanced answer from Gene. What do yeah. you think? Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's a real grey area. Obviously, we had the the serving thing was the main argument within the first set. He was unhappy that Rafa was sort of going over the time limit or making him wait when he was down the other end when he was about to serve as well. And he sort of he went all the wrong way about it for my liking, though. There's certain ways you can go about things, but the, some of the word choice words he came out with uh, to say to the umpire. I don't think you can take that approach. Uh, there's been some people come out saying that there's, you can handle it better. I mean, I, some people have said he was maybe doing it just to just to make the umpire aware, so that it was he would make more of a hard stance when it happened again. Which uh, obviously Rafa got a violation. I think it was later. I'm not sure which set it was in, like l- a lot later in the match. But you can't be calling people corrupt and all the officials, this type of thing, and say that it's all of them against you or it's like the big players yeah, against that's, the... a, that's a mistake, him going mm. to that extremes. The whole uh, indication of him saying that it's corrupt is wrong. But there's a part of what he said I do agree with. And this could surprise some people in the chat. I will be getting to that super chat in a second when it just sort of the time feels right. Um or maybe we'll just go for it now. So we've got Rue uh, Bonata here saying, JG incapable of humility. You went in on Steph, three minutes bathroom break, post-Murray comment. Rafa, 11 minutes. Uh, cater to his every whim. Sinister. For a start, it wasn't 11 minutes, right? It was about seven minutes. Seven minutes, I believe it was uh, counted at. Because and the, the six and a, I saw six and a half minutes on the stream. This is what I remember. And that was from when the last ball was hit. So that's not when he necessarily left the court. And Rafa's explained, there's, there's a man literally outside the bathroom saying three minutes, two minutes, one yep. minute. He was well within all of the rules. He didn't break any rules, Rafael Nadal. He didn't break any rules with him going to change his clothes. You've got to understand, Rafa was sweating more than, he sweats more than anyone. And I understand, he, he was well within his rights to go change his clothes. That was totally cool. But the, the part of it where I can see what Chapeau's saying is on the main sort of topic, does he receive special treatment? I think they do. I, I, I think they all do. And when I say that they all, I mean the, the big three. I know yeah. Rafa come out and decline that, but my opinion is I think they do receive special treatment. And the reason I say that is because Djokovic, Federer and Nadal, specifically if you target them, yeah, I feel like they do get away with a lot more than some of the other players. And that is... Something you sure. can criticise, or you can you can say whatever you want about it. I think they've they've kind of earned the right to to get a little bit. Um, I don't think it's going to dictate matches to the level where they're talking about. It's not like they get a, a one set head start or they get a few extra points in a, in a match. It's it's very 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 minute. I think with Rafa, he is sort of afforded a little bit more time with shot clocks at times, but a lot of the times <laughs> he does get called out for it as well. And I don't think. It's, it's, don't think it's too drastic, this special treatment. I don't put it this way. Rafael uh, Nadal did not win this match because of special treatment. 
No, he, I don't he think he won his bats because uh, Shapovalov couldn't keep his call and struggled to use his intelligence in the fifth set because ultimately he played like someone who clearly does not have the mental capacity to beat one of these big players. Oh, he always kept doing his bashing the ball around rather mm. than actually thinking about what he's doing. Well, he was playing a broken man in the fifth set, unfortunately. And even though Nadal did take some time, uh, obviously, suffering with heat stroke, going for a toilet break. Uh, as you can see there on the screen, it says you're allowed a three-minute toilet break with an additional two minutes for a tyre, uh, only once per match during uh, the set break, plus a medical timeout of three minutes, also during a set break allowed uh, once. Nadal totaled seven minutes. So it, I think he's done everything within the rules. And I think that's the, the key here is people are saying it's pre like that's not for me, not preferential treatment. Anything that he had, like he was visibly struggling on court. You could see it. Like it's that not was made the... up. It's not one of these sort of gamesmanship toilet breaks or medical timeouts. You could, you could honestly, you could see it in his tennis. Like he, he had some kind of heat stroke. He wasn't yeah. physically able to compete. He come out. He's a pretty honest man, Rafa. Listen, I know everyone's got their own sort of ideas and biases with Ted tennis players and who they like. You've got to be honest. The guy looked broken. He was struggling. He, well, that's he was, the reason he took it, and he was sweating. He needed to change his clothes. He was struggling for the for the air. You see how he looked for me like he was panicking a bit, like because of the situation as well. He was saying, can you get me the like ice towels like now, like quickly. Then he had the ice towel and he kept on trying to hold the like the, the air con tube near his face whilst trying to put the ice towel. It looked like he was really struggling. I've not seen Rafa like that ever in hot conditions. It was a bit bizarre. Yeah. Uh, I thought it had to be that. That's why I thought it had to be something to do with the heat, nothing else. And chapeau credit to him didn't affect him at all. He looked like he could have probably gone for another set, two sets. He was looked fit as a fiddle. Yeah. yeah so, no. so shows where he's at with his fitness. But let's have yeah. a look at the main article and we'll go through some of it. Um, sure. We sort of had our view, but let's see some of the stats, well, stats or some of the actual quotes from both of the players. Uh, the title there from BBC saying about preferential treatment for Nadal. And this is what Shapo had to say. So Rafa Nadal was 100% given preferential treatment by umpires. Um, after, well, this is what he said after he lost to, uh, in, I think it was in the presser after the match. Uh, Shapovalov was unhappy with the amount of time he fought. Nadal was taken between points and twice complained to umpire Carlos Bernardes. Uh, I think it's unfair how much Rafa is getting away with, said Shapovalov. In reply, 35-year-old Nadal said, I believe he is wrong in this case. He's come out and flat, flat out and sort of declined the fact that he gets preferential treatment. Of course, he's going to do that. No, no yeah. surprises. No, um, but I do think there is there is kind of a little bit of preferential treatment. I feel we've seen this so many times. Yeah, um, I feel like they are a little bit scared of Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic, especially at their own slams, respectively. Djokovic at Wimbledon, I feel like he gets a lot of preferential treatment at times. Nadal at Roland Garros, there is a little bit of preferential treatment again. Federer at Wimbledon, there's a lot of. There, there just seems to be. I've seen I've seen different things before, and I think would another player get away with it? Probably not. Um, no, I don't. Think I don't so. think it's to the level what people are making out. I think the main one, which they've kind of earned, is, they've kind of earned the right to be there, in my opinion. I think it's it's highlighted even more uh, the Rafael Nadal uh, preferential treatment 
is just because of the, the, the sort of the change in the eras of tennis as well, because Chapeau and all of the new lot who are coming up, we know how long all of the old breed take to serve all the time. They take up the whole 30 seconds, maybe plus a little bit. Uh, and this is where it's going wrong. You see what Norrie does. He goes up, wait, bang, oh, done. Chapeau, probably similar. Boom, through the legs, bang. Like They're all quick serving, fast pace. Pretty quick. Quick serving, fast yeah. pace that Medvedev one minute service games. And that's what yeah. he tends to do. Rafa, the amount of times we've seen the shot clock run out and then he's serving. Like, I don't like seeing it disappear off the screen and then he's throwing it up. Like, that is where you're you're pushing pushing your luck a bit. Like, because, and well, John alluded to, he was lucky that the, the sun was like, obviously like glaring. Probably Chapeau couldn't see the shot clock for the, the last set. So... If he had a done, uh, well, he did get a violation, though. So he did get one warning about uh, the time he was taking. And I think that that is... Uh, but you've also got to take into account this new towel thing as well, because this is what a lot of players are using as their excuse for why they're taking so long now. They have to go and get their own towel, and then they have to come back again. Surely 30 seconds is enough to go to the towel and come back and serve, though, you would think. But... Trevor and in Ben with Super Chat. He hey, says competitors fed up with the compulsions. Nadal wastes so much time. Bottles, bouncing towel, hair scratches, nose, <laughs> so much more. Stop <laughs> indulging this. What do you make of that? Yeah, I mean, what it's all of it's all of these individual little ritualistic uh, little pieces that he has when he uh, goes onto the court, which all of his fans love, by the way. And it's like part and parcel of going to watch Rafa. If he just went up and served, the Rafa fans would be like, "Is there something wrong with him? He's not doing his normal wait, wait, that one, this one, that one." Whoop, there, and then we get finally get the serve. I think that he just needs to just make sure he do it. If there's one second left. No problem. I said it uh, during the match. It's and Ben, of course he does. He's all. He's most of the time. Ninety nine percent of the time, he's in within the time limit. Who was eight like, seconds on one? Because yeah, it's just because he's always very close to it that people have seem to have an issue, and yeah. sometimes he does go over it. It's not always called. I agree. Um, the one thing I would say about this whole press, uh, preferential treatment is. Are you surprised that that he's taking so long on his serves? Like he's done this his whole career. All of these routines you do is the same every single yeah, match. That, the reason that was like brought Shabu in Bell, was just be prepared because, for it. No, but the reason it was brought in was because of people like him. That's the whole reason that the shot clock exists. Like before, they didn't, and he used to take longer. And this is why we have it there to stop him taking longer. Because even a three set Rafa match takes like three hours. Like Djokovic some of the other. Same. Djokovic yeah, the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. No, all of those other old, old school players do. Federer, maybe not so much. He has such a like fluid service action it just literally just okay what about Shapo then how do you explain this because uh we've got eddie in saying Shapo was taking 29 seconds on his serve maybe it was just like a little tit for tat i don't know <laughs> who knows like this is the problem because he's doing it he's good Shapo's then going to push the boundaries the other way and it's just as long as you're within the 30 seconds i don't have a problem with it i just think if it goes like we saw in the other match i think it was the women's match i think it's sir Steyer. it went the, the shot clock went and then it took four seconds for her to serve. No one said anything. She didn't get a time violation. Why? And there should be something that the umpire, it just goes in their ear or something. And they go, uh, no, time violation. And then they, it's, they're strict with it. There's no, there seems to be wishy-washy, this I, I rule. 
listen, I think the issue is not necessarily goes over the time limit. It's when they start the clock as well. Yeah, that so as well. People, so we've got uh, Trevan here saying, people on TikTok are saying he stays in the chair longer than the others on his serve. And they allow him to do all of this, whereas they call others out 15 seconds quicker. And this is where I think some of the preferential treatment does come in, if you know what I mean. It's yeah. what, what, what these players do, Nadal in this case, is he just uses and elongates the, the length of when it should start. So he was staying in his chair a little bit longer. Ah, I feel like okay. sometimes the umpires don't start the shot clock until when they should. There seems to be a few delays there. They're sort of buying him a little bit of time. That should and be that's it. where, listen, it's not, it's, that's not completely right. I agree. Um, but it is what it is. And that's just the way it is with how it is. I think it is a little bit of preferential treatment. And that's why I'm coming out. I'm a big Rafa fan, but I do see that. I see the same for Djokovic. I see the same for Federer. I look at someone like a Daniel Medvedev, and I think he does get a hard bargain at times. And that's why he does get very frustrated. Um, yeah. I think Kyrgios sometimes gets a very hard bargain as well. And he's got, because of his persona and the way he is, he does get judged a lot suit quicker before he's even done something sometimes. Uh, he's got a bad name for himself, and he's always going to sort of be punished. But looking at sort of, Den- uh, not Dennis, Daniel Medvedev, yeah. he's someone who's not even getting on Rod Laver Arena at the moment. It just <laughs> seems... Know. That's not quite right, is it? And I think we've got uh, Rebecca Brown, one of our members, shout out to you, uh, saying, poor Medvedev be- uh, begged for a bathroom break in his last match and was told no. But then mm. the Dow takes a medical timeout and combines it with a bathroom break and it's no issue. It's not mm. equal. Yeah, I, it, you, are, you are allowed to do that in the rules, though. Nadal didn't break the rules with that. We've already touched on that. But why wasn't Medvedev allowed when it doesn't seem to be consistent? And that's the issue with all sports. You need if you have if you have rules, they need to be consistent throughout for everyone. Yeah. I'm not sure if that is the case. And this is well, you've got to have the rules that are all the same for everyone. And there's part of me that part of these rules uh should be in the scheduling as well. Because there's something this is the one thing that which is part of this preferential treatment uh saga, let's call it. It's only a mini saga, but Rafael Nadal playing, was it four or five of his matches uh, in the daytime and only one in the night session when he's famously been bad in night sessions in Australia in the past. And Medvedev not even been playing on Rod Laver Arena. Berrettini's played more times on Rod Laver than Medvedev, who is the top seed of the whole entire tournament, which for me, crazy. But... I went and did like a small bit of digging because obviously we can't just look at Rafael Nadal because Roger Federer's had this type of problem in the past as well. Back at the US Open in 2019, journalists questioning Roger Federer saying, do you not think that you're getting uh, preferential treatment, like you're playing your matches at this uh, certain time? And he said, look, I'm, I'm fed up with this beep. They like even swore at the, the reporters like you every time you come in here, you're saying that I'm t- coming into the tournament and I'm telling them when I'm, I should be playing. No, this isn't decided by me. He said it's decided by the TV stations. This is decided by the tournament organizers. If they decide they want me on in prime time, that is their decision. He said, I'm happy to play at 4 a.m. in the morning if you want to put me on. But they want their ratings. They want this and that. It's up to them where they put these players on. And. I think that in Australia right now, obviously they want Rafa as deep in the tournament as possible. I don't think Rafa yeah. said anything. I don't no, think he's yeah. gone. Well, he's going to have that. They've probably said Rafa could get to the semis here. Like if we give him a few day slots, like he'll probably get through. So they've probably done it. He hasn't probably had to ask, but 
they're thinking the TV ratings for the semis is probably, or the or the final, if he gets there, is going to be so huge that it's worth the risk of putting him on during the daytime all the time. Don't yeah. know. It's... Listen, I think it's some good points you make, if I'm honest. Let us know in the chat, guys, what you think. Gene's in with Super Chat saying Carlos Bernardes is one of the worst umpires Ooh. too. Harsh words from Gene. Um, like and we've got, yeah, we've got Marvin in, um, a new member, saying they dragged Sissipas for taking the bathroom break at the US Open, but not Rafa. Consistency is the key, JG. What? How long was his bathroom break, though, at the US Open? Wasn't it about 10 or 11 minutes? I feel like Sissipas had a very long one. I felt like it was very. it was happening every single match. We kind of knew what he was doing. It didn't seem yeah. like he ever had physically any issues. It was just routine. And it sort of happened after Djokovic did the same to him when he was down yeah. two sets in Roland Garros final. Um, How interesting, though, in his last match, though, against Taylor Fritz, no bathroom breaks in the five sets and exactly. won the whole yeah. match. Yeah. There you go. Maybe he's never needed them. But with Nadal in this situation, he generally does need them. I'm not just saying that as a Rafa fan. I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible, but he did need them. You see how much the guy sweats? He needed to change all his clothes. He couldn't even play like it. So I'm not, I don't think he necessarily cheated, but there is fine margins. I think it is very, um, it's it's minimal. It is very, very minute. It's not, I don't think it's going to really dictate matches so much. Players know what what to expect when they're playing against Rafael Nadal. Same with Djokovic and all the others. You've got to still go out there and play your best tennis to beat them. Chapeau, I don't think his mind was in the right place. He was too distracted by everything and not focused on the job at task. And that's what cost him the match. No bathroom breaks, nothing else. It was down to Chapeau why he lost. Yeah, and one thing I want to bring up just before we read out our bench. Thanks for the super chat again. Appreciate that. If we rewind... Obviously, we can speak about Chapo as well in the same light because I know that he's going after Rafa here, and just be, it's easy to use the big three thing about oh, you're taking a medical time out at this time, you're taking a uh, toilet break at this time during the fourth set. I've just come back from two sets to love down. Well, guess what? Yannick Sinner came back against you uh, at the same sort of. It was obviously earlier in the tournament, but. He did the exact same thing in a Grand Slam to Yannick Sinner. He took a medical timeout. There was no, there was no way he needed one. Or Chapeau. Okay. And yeah. it was just, and then he went. And Yannick Sinner was barely walking around the court, and then he found another lease of life. It was like he came back. And then yeah. you were thinking, Chapeau does regularly do this. And so then he like, did it to him. Can't be a hypocrite. And it just seemed like, oh, what? Because he's coming back now. What you're going to like stop his uh his like momentum, let's say, and then. Hit that was what helped Chapo go through, and yeah, just uh, I just think it's just not fair. You've got to remember what you've done in the past before you criticize other people. But so, even though Rafa wasn't doing it for gamesmanship, um, I stand by that as well. Buster's another one who comes out and criticizes <laughs> Djokovic um, for doing that to him when he does the same thing as well. So you've got to be a bit consistent as a player coming yeah, out yeah. and moaning at people when you are the exact, you do the exact same thing. Uh, and in this case, I don't think Nadal necessarily did anything too badly wrong. I think sometimes. The time it takes for to serve, that's that's an argument I can have. The toilet break, I don't really see any issues in it, if I'm honest. I don't think it was it was well within the rules. We've already discussed that. So what's the issue? I think everyone needs to just accept it. It's like, well, it's like a three or four hours into a match. You can have a toilet break, can't you? Yeah. Uh, did we read Vanch's thing out? Uh, 
No, then, no. I don't think we did. Did you just, just got rid of it? <laughs> Sorry, I want to see <laughs> Medan sit, uh, take a bathroom break, and if the umpire says no, just pressure them by saying Rafa is in the tunnel. He thinks it's fine. <laughs> well, if it's the same umpire, that, that's when no, it will Listen, it, Vance, if we see... I don't think we've seen really loads of concrete. You, you can't bring me a real concrete example of where it's happened. I know people are saying Medvedev in that match and this and that. There's never been anything really clear um, for this. I do believe there is a level of preferential treatment, but it's not been that blatant like you're suggesting there. And if it was, I would come out and fully back the players who aren't being allowed what, say, Djokovic or Rafa is getting themselves. But let's um, let's keep moving on. Um Anything more? I think we'll continue with this. I'll let you keep yeah. reading. So, yeah, uh, we have Shapa Valov lost in five sets to the 20-time slam champion at Melbourne Park, having fought back to level after going two sets down. Uh, at the start of the second set, Shapa Valov asked Bernardes to give a time violation to the sixth seed. When the official did not see fit to do so, Shapa Valov shouted, you guys are all corrupt. Yeah, yeah. you can't say that. So, yeah, I mean, that was... And, well, he said he misspoke. Well, I think it's pretty clear. I think, I'm sure that was not misspeaking. That's probably what's going through his mind. Probably what's going through a lot of other players' minds. I don't think he's probably the first person who's thinking that this thing... He's just probably the, one of the first people who's coming out on court saying it. Got to be careful. He probably... He might get a fine or something. I don't know. I don't know if all the repercussions of this type of thing. I guess it's down to the umpire's discretion whether he goes and forces through something like that after the match, because some can be, take more offence than others uh, with umpires. Obviously, you know, if you're swearing on court and stuff like that, you end up getting a straight fine, things like that. Uh, sometimes umpires can be a little bit more lenient, though. Uh, it seems like he has been so far, from what I'm hearing. So yeah. there you go. Next bit. Players are allowed 25 seconds between points and two minutes between sets, all timed by a shot clock. Seems pretty yeah. straightforward, doesn't it? Asked whether he thinks Nadal receives preferential treatment. Shapovalov said, of course, 100% he does. <laughs> 100% every other match that I have played, the pace has been so quick because the refs have been on clock, uh, on the clock after every single point. So he's talking about how it takes Rafa so long. He's always done this. He takes a long time. He uses the maximum time available to him. Sometimes you can argue he does go slightly over or he's given a bit extra because they've not started the clock at the right time and all of this. You know what to expect with Rafa. You've still got to beat him and play. You just got to, he, he does it in a way which I think is just within the rules. It's a very fine line. Sometimes he crosses it. But Shapovalov, deal with it. That's not the reason you lost. Yeah, but he was well this, within it. You won two sets as well. Would this be a thing if would we be talking about this if Chapo had won? That's what well, I of course we wouldn't. <laughs> this is it. Like if he'd have won and just come out in that third set, no, fifth set rather, and played like he did in the fourth set, I think that this would all be no news. This wouldn't be even news. He would just be like Raph would say, "Well done, you played really well." I got had heat stroke. I got tired. He'd be like, "Sorry, what I said to the umpire in the first set. Everyone forgot about it." There you go. Done. On to the next round. <laughs> This makes me laugh. Hinal Patel in the chat. Nadal can never be wrong, according to JJ. <laughs> <laughs> never. Funny one. Right. Um, obviously, that's not true. Right. We've got... Uh, I'm completely ready to play, and the clock is ticking. Three, two, one, towards zero. I'm looking at the umpire, and obviously, I'm going to speak up and say something. I've been ready to play for a minute and a half, and he tells me he's not going to give him a code violation because I'm not ready to play. 
Uh, to me, it's a big joke if somebody says that. Hmm. There's the meeting at the net of the two players. Uh, that was quite an interesting one in the yeah. first set. Though he comes nice to image. I don't think it was that bad, to be fair, the meet at the net. It wasn't, but... Just oh, this is seemed... at the end of the match, no? No, that was when he came to the net at the first set, like, okay. well, just after he was complaining, and he was he was making a big thing of it. He was just stopping. This is the That's the weirdest thing about the whole thing, the whole hypocritical thing of, you're taking so long. Chapeau stopped the whole match <laughs> to, to make this point as well. So he stopped every all play stops while Chapeau complained about the whole thing. Came to the net. Dad was like, "What's going on? I'm going to come to the net as well." Like that. he comes to the net, he's like, "What's what's what's wrong, man? Like what's?" And he's like, trying to say to him, "Look, you're just taking so long. Like what are you doing? Like I know what you're doing. <laughs> it's like you're getting like special treatment." He's like, "I'm not doing. I've not got special treatment." And then they ended up going back to the other end of the court again. It was a bit bizarre, to be honest. Like, I don't know why he had to stop play. That's the umpire's job, not Chapo's job. We've got Megs Carpenter in, our top tipper for the Australian Open so far. Shout out to you. Thanks for joining. Saying, JG and Ben, isn't it a psychological strategy to cause a disruption in the flow of the match so to gain an edge to win? Well, that's what um, I thought he was doing. That's what I thought Chapo was doing because he was getting so easily beaten in that first set. I thought, oh, is this the tactic? Like you, you're just going to try and complain and try and make a big like thing, like try and just get into Rafa's rhythm a bit. I'm not sure what Meg's talking about though. I'm not sure if she's talking about Rafa taking so long as a strategy or Chapeau moaning in the first set. Um, Both maybe. I'm not sure which way she's sort of, what way she means with it. But if you're talking about Rafa, which I kind of think you might be, then ultimately if it's within the rules, you can't really say anything. Then it's a good tactic, isn't it? If he's playing everything within the rules and it's psychologically a good strategy to take as long as he can on the points, as long as he's doing it within the 30 seconds, but go to the very end and he's able to win, say, 20 grand slams doing it like he has, then you could say, oh, fair we... play. He's doing a good thing. He's playing within the rules. He's using the rules presented. And yet he's found a way to win and unsettle his opposition. What I would say, grow up, man up, stop crying the next gen and find a way to beat them. We know for a fact that Rafael Nadal slows everything down. If there's a fast-paced match and the, the rallies are heated and they're going... Djokovic does this, yeah, this, yeah, but this he is what they the do. That's, what, that's how they're top players. They bring you into their world. I want it done at my pace, not at your pace. You want to serve four aces in one minute, you go for it. I'm going to serve my four serves in, I don't know, two, three, four minutes because... I want you to now come into my world and I want to slow everything down back so that we go back to basics because I'm better at the basics than you are. And that's pretty much how they get all these players. Yeah. They get un into their heads. Well, okay, then how can we answer this from Vance? Because we did criticise Sissipas for doing the same thing. Why did we go so heavy on, on Sissipas uh, when he was doing it? We've win the rules at the time and they've changed the rules now for what he was doing. I think we did maybe go a bit harsh on him at the start. Oh, for sure. I think but everybody did. We did, did. rein it in and we did understand exactly what we said. And I feel like we, I remember saying these same phrases. He's doing it within the rules. So what more can we say? The issue with him is it just was happening every single match after every single time he lost a set. It was yeah, something yeah. coming so predictable. And the big thing we were talking about was the fact that he's texting his dad during it. That's what the whole but thing one of the worst... was. We don't know if that's true, of course. But that was another dynamic we had all together. It's not the same case as this. No, it's Rafa against the Kranovich one. He was that struggling. Was... 
That was the one. It was the cry. It was the, when he was playing Krajinovic, I believe, in the, one of the tournaments after Roland Garros. And after, bear in mind, you're playing a three set match now. The first set wasn't a long set. The first set was about like 25 minutes or half an hour. Yeah. And he took a toilet break. It wasn't break. in hot conditions. And, it, was no, just, he lost, it was just he lost becoming the, a bit. It was, it was like a bit obvious. Tiresome. No, it was obvious. It was yeah. just like, oh, I lost the first set. I'm just going to walk off just so that you have to wait until I come back on. And, and they were so longer might... as well. I feel like yeah, you're right. They're about eleven minutes. I'm, I, I, listen, I don't, I don't, I don't think you've got really a point on this one. If I'm honest, I think that it was just. I can it understand was, what you're it's saying. It was but it's clearly right. obvious. That was the thing. It was, and as much as it was within the rules, it was just obviously trying to disrupt the opposition in what seems like an underhanded way. And uh, like taking toilet breaks after a few hours on court, I don't think that's that bad. Taking one after half an hour on court, I think what's wrong with you? You got like medical problem you need to go to the doctors rather more than anything that's not like normal to be busting for the loot yeah and he wasn't oh. sweating that much where he has to change all of his whole kit and no, attire exactly. he just, just so... got on there but let's let's continue reading this i think we have to keep going down sure uh Shabbat added i respect everything that rafa has done and i think he's an unbelievable player but there have got to be some boundaries, some rules set. It's just so frustrating as a player. You feel like you're not just playing against the player. You're playing against the umpires. You're you're playing against so much more. The first complaint come after Nadal changed his kit at the end of the first set and Shapovalov uh, remonstrated with uh, Bernardes again before the second game about how long Nadal was taking to serve. Um, I know I took some extra time at the end of the first set because I had to change everything there on the chair in the changeover, said Nadal. Hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, said it's obvious you can't play with clothes in the condition that I was. After that, I was going through all the rules. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing. All the, the this is the big word that we're coming across is rules and our rules being broken. And do the rules need to be tightened up because? All that happened with the Sissipas stuff is just meant the rules got tightened up a little bit. If this is if all of these things mean rules get tightened up and we get a stricter set of rules so that everybody knows there's no grey area. We've had too many grey areas over the past month. I don't like these grey areas. We need to clear them up. But whether it be traveling to countries, whether it be getting into tournaments, whether it be spending too long serving, any of these too long in the toilet. Have a set time, and then if you take too long, if say like you, if you go over the time limit, you lose a point. If you go a minute over the time limit, you lose two points. Another th- minute, you lose three points. Like, and if you go too long, you've lost the whole game. There you go, boom. There you go. There's a set rule for you. That type of thing, they won't like it. And look, it will stop pretty soon because you can't afford to lose points in matches. Especially Are you talking about slams. the toilet break and stuff? Or anything, or I'm medical, saying. Because he didn't you, really... He, not, he, he stayed within the rules here. So yeah, that's good. what I mean. It, that's what I mean. If you have to make real strict like like lines in, in these rules, because when there's grey areas, everybody's trying to push them all the time. Oh, oh, I can have a few, like, 10 seconds extra. I can have a... No. Boom. You are 10 seconds over. You lost a point now. So you watch how quick they suddenly come back from the loo. Or they'll be running back on court. You see how slow most players walk back on court? They wouldn't be. We've got Vanch in with another super chat uh, saying, well, cheers, mate, saying another main complaint is Rafa doesn't play to the speed of the server. That's the main complaint. But mm. ultimately, we all agree, Chapeau shouldn't have, should have been more focused and complain after the match. Yeah. Yeah, I agree completely with the second statement. And the first one, it, 
I don't know. I can't really argue. I, I can understand what they mean, but that's ultimately down to the umpire to enforce it. Um, yeah, it is. What can I say? I feel like they do buckle a little bit when there's a big player there. Yeah, they do, for sure. But you but... can't really blame sort of Rafa, Djokovic or Federer for that. You see the backlash they get when they do try and pull up one of the top three players, though. Well, they need to. They need to just do it. Like they need to be a bit stronger. Maybe, hopefully, they can. Because I, as much as I'm a big Rafa fan, I want them to pull up the big three players and just be a bit braver. Because I've seen it. I've seen it once. We saw it recently, didn't we? With Federer against Chilich. Yeah. Do you remember? Well, the I've umpire pulled him up. Yeah. Well, I've seen it in matches. The Roland Garros. Like, I've seen one in Roland Garros. I've seen another one with Federer where. I believe he was serving or something like that, and it was like a, it was getting close to like a set point, or and he just hit the ball into the floor. That was all. And then they went, "Oh, warning, uh, Roger Fett. And he was like, "Are you really not going to talk to me?" And then just warm it, and then it just put him off for the, the. But he Federer confronts the umpire, then he doesn't just accept the warning, and that's probably what they're worried about. Is now, oh no, I'm on Roger Federer's bad side now. He won't. He'll probably put say to someone somewhere, I don't want that umpire again, umpiring me, and this type of thing. Could it be costing umpires jobs if they make bad decisions or against the big three? We don't know. This is the thing. That's probably what they're scared of, though. Yeah. Let's keep right. going. So, moving... Oh, that's the end of that. Sorry, apologies. Right. So, uh, this is just a picture of Chapo with a very uh, confused face, like, what are you doing? Do something. Yeah. Mo- moving on to this one. Uh, this one is just saying, oh, well, yeah, he said, this is what Shapo was saying. It just feels like you're pl- not just playing against the play, you're playing against the umpires, you're playing against so much more, alluding to uh, the corrupt comment, I'm guessing, that he was bringing out. This was the other bit just re- regarding the toilet break and the medical timeout, showing how long uh, it was taking. As you can see there, it was uh, seven minutes total, which I think I believe was fine. That was the statement, uh, the full statement from Rafa Nadal in uh, his post-match press conference saying, I think he's a good guy with lots of talent, uh, the talent to win multiple Grand Slams. In no way do I want to get in an argument with him, but I think he is wrong. Pretty blunt. <laughs> yeah, I just, to, I just want to read out uh, a super chat off stream from Meg sure. here. Uh, appreciate that. Cheers, Meg. Um, I think she's saying at Vanch. I think we've got it in the chat as well. This is the super chat. She's done it twice. Can you see it? Uh, Here we go. So, yes, ironically, Chapo shot himself in the foot by complaining, which causes Chapo to lose focus and not spend time on readjusting his own game. I can't. Yeah, yeah spot on. I, yeah, I totally agree. I think he... He had the opportunity. You got to, the main thing you got to look at in this whole thing is Chapo ended up losing the match, and now this is the focus after the match, rather than him focusing during the match and winning the match, which was a winnable match for him. It was he could have won that fifth set easily, in my opinion. All he had to do was focus. Lost focus. Yeah, it was just like a, a lapse on that one game as well. What really cost him? Yeah. Moving on. Yeah, this one's a good one. Do you want to read this one? Yeah, so Rafael Nadal, the tr- the real true is the two months ago, we didn't know if we're able to be back on tour at all. So here I am. For me, it's just a present of life that I'm here playing tennis again and I just enjoy it. Um, I think it means the real truth is that I'm two, it's the two months ago, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, it's a big point. Like Rafa's come out a few times. He genuinely did think there was questions being asked about his career in tennis. It, it could have all been over. 
We don't realize yeah. how lucky we are to be seeing him in 2022. It was seem touch and go that he was gonna sort of put the pack up the racket and uh, and stop playing and retire. He's had so many injuries. He's battled through so many. This seemed like the final one where he couldn't really get through. He's got a lot of painkiller to help him play with a foot. He's then had COVID on top of it. And yeah, I'm just so grateful that we still get to see him playing at this level and fighting and showing the spirit, which I think only champions can possess to get through in five sets. And this is what I feel a lot of the younger players need to look upon and take from these drill champions. Try and get some of this resilience and mental strength, which say a Rafael Nadal has. And listen, you don't even need to be a good tennis player because you'll be able to win things with just this alone. I'm telling you. It's the, yeah. it's the recipe for success in yeah. life. I, I, I totally believe uh, the fact he just wants to go out and enjoy himself as well. You see that he is, when he's playing his best tennis, there's uh, no one freer on the court than Rafa, I don't think. Right. Yeah. That one was just confirming it was heat stroke rather than uh, people saying stomach. Yeah, we wasn't sure what was going on, was we? We wasn't no. sure if it's an injury. I'm so pleased it doesn't seem like it's anything was abdominals, than it? just heat stroke. Yeah. That's what it seemed like at the time. He was grabbing his uh, his abs and that type of thing. And it was a little bit worrying. I was hoping it wasn't something to do with like, because it was going to make him serve worse. So his serve did notably get worse during that period. But yeah, it wasn't anything to do with abdominal issues. Uh, this one, quite an interesting one. Uh, down here, you can see this part first. It says Nadal is the only player remaining in the men's draw who has played all of his matches on the Rod Laver Arena. Berrettini has done so three times, and the second seed Medvedev only twice. Uh, mm. And then we've got this uh, reply to this saying, because Nadal is getting the Federer treatment and Medvedev is getting the Djokovic treatment? Question mark. For years at Slams, generally speaking, it's been the case that favoritism and privilege plays into scheduling, not ranking. Listen, I don't know. Mm. I think you're trying to bring this up to wind me up. I don't buy into that at all. I think I think it's uh, true a bit. Well, you think Djokovic doesn't get favourable treatment at times? No, it's not now. I'm saying in the past. When he wasn't the the big deal that he is these days, he probably was being plopped on the other court and it's like oh don't we get Federer we'll get Rafa on this one and you can go on the other one for now it's taken a long time about, for him to... they're not talking about Djokovic and they talk about him now it's taken a long time for him to receive the respect he deserves that's the thing for Djokovic he's had to work his socks off to gain the respect of everyone around the world and credit to him he finally uh he's got to the top of the game and he's pretty much he's on the pinnacle of doing, well, the impossible, what everyone thought, which was overtake both Rafa uh, and Roger. But obviously, we'll have to wait and see if that actually comes to fruition. But, yeah. yeah, what I want to talk about is the bottom bit here with the Berrettini. So, Nadal is the only player remaining in the men's draw who's played all of his matches on Rod Laver Arena. Oh, uh, Berrettini has done so three times and second seed Medvedev only twice. I'm not sure... What's going on with this? Why is Berrettini? This is just, I need to get this off my chest. He's, he seems to be so much more popular and by the Medvedev. And the yeah. reason I say this, you've seen his entourage when he's off the court and he's behind the things. About, about 50 men following him around the courts. We love him. Like, and I've got, someone made, made a really good point. Yeah. You look at Berrettini's style of play. If he looked like Jack Sock, would he be as popular as he is? 
<laughs> well, I don't I've know. got I've got to put it out there. It just seems to be Berrettini gets so much, and I'm an Italian guy, half Italian. I like Berrettini. I want him to do well, but because of the way he looks, people generally warm to him a lot more. I think he has is that the, sort of star package on sort of we talk about the world, it a lot on the women's tour, but I feel like it's the same with the men's as well. Berrettini, oh, because sure. of his package and the way he is, he is treated differently, and you can even say that with this situation, like. They just, they obsess so much over him. His style of play on tennis is actually pretty boring. I'm going to be honest. He's a big server. He doesn't really rally too much. His backhand's a bit soft. I know John was saying he's Mr. Consistent, and I agree that. But sometimes that is a bit boring, someone who's very consistent. Some people say it's great, and it's a real tribute. And listen, I can understand that. But in terms of the beautiful game, I'm not sure he exactly has mastered it, but he's a pretty good-looking guy. So that sort of (laughs) helps him out. There goes. And he John. gets all these handouts. <laughs> John says, I don't like good looking guys due to envy. And it's why I like you two so much. <laughs> John. I, like that, I like that one, John. That's why that's... we have you on your own yeah. side. <laughs> Damn it, you stole it. You stole it. I was going to say that as well. But yeah, I think that it's the same in women's and men's tennis. Unfortunately, it's not just the world of sport. It, it is the world of celebrity as well. You've got to remember that. These guys are sponsorship deals waiting to be signed, wandering around. And you look at someone like Berrettini, he looks like if he wasn't playing tennis, he'd probably be modelling some sort of, uh, I don't know, catwalk or something. And the same with Radu Khan, people like this. They're at the top of the sport. If you're in the top 10, uh, or if you're close to the top 10 and get into the finals or winning Grand Slams, yeah, there's going to be people all following you around. And that's just the way it is. Unfortunately, that's the way the world. Sex sells. (laughs) <laughs> that's it and on this point of did we want to see Krezi Medvedev on Rod Laver Arena yes I wanted to I think that I'd been I would have loved that because yeah. I, I think he deserved it if I'm honest so I can understand what you're saying 12 travel 21 with the first points but I feel like Med should get a chance why has he not played on Rod Laver I, I think Medvedev should he's play all of his matches he's the number one seed he's just won the last Grand Slam he should play all of his matches on Rod Laver that's what I'm saying I don't think he should play any of them not on there because I don't think if Djokovic think, was there I, I, he I'll would go play as all of his say, he's the best player in the world right now I think uh, Kirillov said the same thing you can say that uh, Djokovic is very close Medvedev for me on the hard courts is the best player in the world yeah why do oh. we not see the best playing on Rod Laver I totally agree. I think he should have played all of his matches because you know if Djokovic was number one seed, which Medvedev essentially is, but Djokovic isn't there, Djokovic would be playing all of his matches on Rod Laver. That's guaranteed. We've got Megan saying if sex sells, then Milky Silky will make a lot of money. <laughs> was he selling himself? Yeah. Well, anyway, let's move on to, uh, let's try and get through some of uh, the remaining ones of these. Uh, that one's quite a nice one uh, from uh, Sasha Osmo saying, it's a quote from Nadal, I don't believe that my happiness, my future happiness is going to depend on if I achieve one more Grand Slam than the others or if the others achieve more Grand Slams than me. What do you make of this first? And I'll say my opinion. Is it the truth? This is what I want to say first. Uh, I actually think, I don't know if it actually does bother him that much if he's uh, going to be known as the most Grand Slams of all time. I think that he's just happy with his injuries all the time that Rafa has. The more tennis he can play and he can stay on tour for, I think that's just what it is. It's like keeping his career going as long as possible. You can tell he loves it. That's, just, that's He lives, breathes tennis. 
So you would say he's a very humble guy in the Dow and his priority is staying fit and healthy and playing as much tennis as possible. I think so. I think he'll just play as many tournaments as he wants. I think it's nice to have 20 Grand Slams, but I don't think deep down he probably thinks that he's going to be considered the greatest of all time because Djokovic has every other record. Okay, well, this is where we disagree. And that's why I wanted you to start off first. Uh, my opinion, I think he's talking total rubbish altogether. I think he does care massively about it. The, the moment he got 20 grand slams, he had it on his shoes in the next match he played with number 20 and Rafael Nadal with the, the dates. It doesn't matter if he got sent them or not. He's lying here. This is my verdict. I think, really, he's happy that he's fit. I understand all you're saying. But he is a champion. And at first and foremost, he wants the most Grand Slam titles. That is a massive thing he thinks about. I'm sure every night he goes to bed, he thinks about it. And that's why he keeps playing. I think of all of the issues he's had, he probably would have retired a little bit sooner if he didn't have uh, Djokovic and Federer pushing on. And I can say the same about the other two as well. So I disagree. Listen, I disagree with what he's saying big time. I think he's just saying that to sort of play the act of the humble guy, which I know he is. But ultimately, he wants more Grand Slams. He's only doing this to relieve the pressure off him. So on this one, I disagree completely with what he's saying. Um, His happiness is going to be, of course, he gets a lot of happiness with what he's been able to achieve in the sport. But the big thing, I reckon his future happiness is going to be dependent a little bit on the Grand Slams because he's going to be remembered for how many he won as well. And he's going to want that. It's going to be every debate when these these guys retire is going to be about the Grand Slams. He just wants to. He wants the most. Let's be well, honest. Let's, the, the, the thing that will answer this question for both of us, because we probably will only find out from him himself, is if Djokovic overtakes him, will Rafa retire? Or... Will if once Rafa will Rafa retire before Djokovic, or will he just make sure he stays on the scene as long as Djokovic, just in case Djokovic is trying to overtake him all the time? Because if Djokovic stays on the tour another two or three years, guaranteed, if he's that passionate about having the most slams, Rafa's not going anywhere until well, Djokovic retires. In theory, Ben, what you're saying is great, but if he's got an injury and he's struggling to play and he's not competing, is he's he going to do what Andy Murray? Years. Is he going to do what Andy Murray does? Uh, but a, a, a one what just he can't he can't reach the levels like say Andy Murray right now is he going to do that? Don't think he will personally. He's, I don't he's, think he's been injured like for that. twenty years. He's got the same injury for twenty he's years. Been able to, what are you talking about Ben? He's been able to win slams with it though. Yeah, he's got exactly. To the point now where it's exactly debilitating. It. Yeah, now it's debilitating. Whereas if the draw opens up, a la this tournament, anything can happen. We've got Frey, Frey Rax here saying he hates losing so much and it shows if you're already satisfied with what you have, you might as well not play anymore. Agreed completely. That's why this statement I don't really buy into uh, like you have, to be honest. Well, I think that he actually just loves playing tennis and it's just part and parcel of his life. A lot of these players, they wouldn't be as happy if they weren't playing tennis. And I think he gets so much joy from going on court and just having just the... Just the fans there. The fans are back as well, you got to remember. You play tennis I mean, without fans. I understand fans, what you're saying. I think you're right to a level with some of what you're saying, but I do think that the Grand Slams is a massive thing behind it all. And that's going to be something what's going to uh, help his happiness. Let's be honest. Let's move on. So yeah, I don't think we can go into the Grand Slam debate now. <laughs> Not this far into this part. <laughs> right, this one... Uh... An interesting one. This is from Alan. Just saying, Nadal doesn't get get away with as much BS as uh, Djokovic. But regardless, Chapo needs to learn not to be a sore loser. 
and take up these conversations in private with the right people if he believes the top guys get too much special treatment. I agree. Yeah, moving on. Moving on. This one, uh, this is an old uh, tweet. I just thought I'd just go through to see if Federer had had any special treatment in the past and just always interesting to see some quotes. Uh, I can't remember what tournament this was even alluding to, but you can see it was a very sarcastic re- response from Federer about him receiving special treatment. He said, yes, I did ask to play on Wednesday. I get what I want, remember? And my favorite thing was to be here at 11 so I could wait all day. So that goes to show Federer sick of being asked if he was uh, receiving special treatment of scheduling of uh, matches and that type of thing. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I must admit, it's just a bit of comedy, isn't it? Uh, going down there, this, this one I've just was just brought up just because I thought it was funny. Greg says he believes Roger Federer deserves to get special treatment. Well, there you go. Greg's spoken, so I guess that's gospel. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about, but yeah. <laughs> right, moving on. Oh, this one just plopped in there. I think it was just one of your ones you sent me from earlier. That's well, read it. That's more interesting. The Dow is... I saw in the Dow, so I thought, let's read it. Uh, he's 263 and 7 when winning the first set of majors, 231 to 2 when winning the first two sets, always worth repeating. That's what we, what we, we have Pretty repeated incredible. it. It is amazing. Yeah, so, one of, them, one of them two was obviously last year, 12 months ago, when he lost to Sister Pats. Yeah. So Can anyone in the chat remember the other one? Let us know when Rafa mm. was up two sets and then lost the match. I'm sure someone's going to get it. Yeah, I think um, I know, but I'm I'm seeing uh, if someone can say. Oh, uh, there you go, Fanini at the there U.S. Open in 2005. Quick off the mark, twelve travel. I like it. Yeah. John really... John was second as well. Twelve travel, twenty one. I don't know how he does it. He's got like an onboard computer. I would yeah. like to have him on the podcast at one point because I think he's uh, very knowledgeable. Yeah, yeah, this one was just right at the end, just because it was a little bit of a funny one, uh, a little bit harsh as well. But on Shapo, it says, "Whatever your opinion on medical timeouts." Nadal's pace of play, etc. It is what it is. And it's been like this for a long time. Special treatment will be changing things. Now, just for Chapeau. You want the special treatment. Nobody beat the peep out of you despite releasing Night Train. You're welcome. Well, they've <laughs> gone a bit ham on a uh, Chapeau there, haven't they? Poor old Chapeau. Poor Chapeau. It's a bit Having harsh, but... music attacks now just for <laughs> calling Nadal out. Yeah, listen, the music's terrible. Um, he should focus more on the tennis. But I think he... I don't want to be too harsh on him because I thought he played a really good match. Um, I was yeah. really impressed with his level. I think regardless of what happened now, he's lost, he's going home. He's yeah. had a brilliant Australian Open, beating Zverev in straight sets. I don't think that was really something we was talking about. And then pushing Nadal right to the wire. Watch out. It could be a really big year for Chapeau. Hopefully, he can kick on and continue these performances. I would like to see him play a little bit more smart. That's the only thing I would suggest. Mm. If he can increase his uh, intelligence when playing, he's going to be a real threat because ability-wise, there's not many better. Uh, I'm going to keep saying it. I think he is right up there. I know we talk about how Bashas Vili won, who's got so much ability as well. Chapeau, for me, on ability alone, I don't want to go too crazy, but I think he could be like a top five player. Yeah, With that if... serve, the way he can serve the backhand as well, he can hit winners off both sides, the power, the volleying, the movement. 
I think he's a top five player. If you just look at his ability wise. Ability only. Yeah. He's got to change his mindset for me because like I've said it a few times already, like see, some of his post-match press conferences, he doesn't really seem that bothered that he's gone out of tournaments. He just says, like, oh, I'm just happy. I'm living the dream. I'm, like, it's, I'm a professional tennis player. Like that type of attitude doesn't really speak future world number one or like that old future grand slam champion if you're just saying it speaks more like nick kyrgios vibes for me than it does um grand slam winner but yeah. what do i know anyway, anyway. You got any more any nah, more that's, for all. that's yeah. all folks no uh, <laughs> yeah that's all i've got <laughs> yeah so that was a pretty long one i didn't expect to talk for almost an hour on it but there was plenty to cover Thanks for everyone who joined us. If you haven't already, please give us a like on this video. Subscribe if you're new. We're going to be back for Elise Cornet, the sort of surprise package on the women's. Mm -hmm. The story which not many people are talking about, but we need to we need to cover Elise Cornet at least once this yeah. event. It has been a special, special tournament for her. I think we're both going to be secretly kind of cheering her on yeah. against... Um, Danielle Collins. Danielle Collins. So make sure to join us very soon for that. If you haven't already, give us a like on this video as well. I don't think we've got many. We've not asked during. That's my fault. But make sure to like the video. <laughs> subscribe if you're new. We've got to catch up John. We can't have him getting more likes than us. I know. Come on. Come on. Let's do this. John, yeah. the Silk Report's uh, overtaking the normal podcast. He's going to have his own spin-off channel soon if we don't watch out. Uh, exactly. Before we go as well, we should probably mention... Obviously, the next Grand Slam is on the horizon as well. There's been uh, news coming out as well. Potentially now, it's like, will Djokovic go? Will he not go? There's new stuff in place that he potentially will be going now. It is Roland Garros. We got two tickets that four days at Roland Garros. They are up for grabs. There's a link in the description. There's a link posted in the live chat as well. Here's how you enter. Yeah, I don't think we've got the button, Ben, unfortunately. Oh, do we not? Um, oh, no, no. terrible. I, oh, I did try and message you before you were saying oh, it. If apologies. you can maybe add it right now, that'll be yeah, great. Yeah. But yeah, as Ben's saying, we do apologies. have some tickets for Roland Garros. We are kind of uh, running down the time with that. Six days to go. So make sure to enter if you haven't already. We were speaking with the organisers today. Yes. And for the winner, I'm sure there's people who have entered. If you are the lucky winner, make sure to tune in on the first podcast we do because we need to speed up the process uh, sort of very soon into February. We need to get all of your details and send over the tickets to you pretty much instantly. So hopefully um, we will hold them obviously for sort of a 24 hour period, but we do need you to speed along the process as well. So if you, if you are the lucky winner, we need to reach out to you ASAP. Of course, not a bad problem to have because you'll be going to Roland Garros and then you can select whichever four days you want. So it doesn't have to be the final, but ultimately I feel like a lot of people would be selecting the dates towards the back end of the event. Yeah, for sure, mate. I don't think I'm going to be able to upload it in time. I think we just wrap this one up. If you want to be able to enter, go onto our homepage. If you want to see the promo video, it's the main video on our homepage as well. But we posted the links in the live chat in the description. Uh, yeah, just make sure you enter. It's one that can't be missed. Yeah, exactly that. Cheers, guys. And see you later on for a watch along of Daniel Collins, Elise Cornet. Oh, yes. See you then. Sports Social Podcast Network.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.